0: Welcome to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivy podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, and I'm super glad that you're here with us today. Every week on the Happy Hour, I invite a girlfriend to join me on the show, and we chat about the big things in life, the little things in life, and everything in between. I want to say thank you to this week's sponsor, Jelly Telly. Guys, in a screen filled world that we all live in, Jelly Telly provides a place where God is real and his word is true. This app is co developed with VeggieTales Creator, and it's available right now on iOS, Android, and Kindle, with more coming soon. Jelly Telly provides great resources to help you and your family walk with God. Jelly Telly is more than just on-screen entertainment, but it's a partner for you as you lead your family in faith. Be sure and check out the brand new 5-Minute Family Devotional. This is a smart, fun, and fast video devotional that helps you start the conversations that matter about God with your kids. How perfect is this for these on-the-go moments we have this summer with our family? Get the devotionals plus 90-plus Christian shows and movies for only $4.99 a month, Or $39.99 for the whole year. Visit JellyTelly.com today and use the special code HAPPYHOUR, which is just for you guys. You're going to get $5 off your year subscription or your first month of JellyTelly free. Go to JellyTelly.com. Guys, today on the show, my guest is Lauren Chandler. And Lauren, I told her on the show today that she's one of the most sweetest people I've ever met. She's a mom to three, wife to Matt who's the lead teaching pastor at the Village Church in Dallas, Texas. Lauren's book, Steadfast Love, released this past spring, and I highly recommend you get your hands on it. Today, we're going to chat about her journey through recovery at her church and what those moments were like in 2009 when her husband was diagnosed with a malignant brain tumor. You're going to love our conversation. Before we get to conversation with Lauren, I want to ask you guys to do me a favor. If you're a regular listener of the show and you like the show, I would love it if you would go over to iTunes and leave me a rating and a review. Even if you don't listen to the show through iTunes, it just really helps out the show. It's super easy. Go to jamieivy.com slash iTunes. If this is your first time, you don't need to leave a review because you don't know if you like it yet. I hope you come back, and I hope you really like it. Reviews and ratings, they really do help others find the happy hour, and so we want as many people to know about the show. Here's some reviews I just read this morning that are super sweet. Um, This is from... Allison, she said, I get encouragement and wisdom. I laugh and I cry. It leaves me thinking, pondering, and praying. I love Jesus more because of the stories I hear. Thanks, Jamie. Man, does that make me exciting. I love that. Here's another review from Lisa from Dallas. She says, I've been binge listening for the past month and I can't get enough. I don't really want to catch up because I don't want to have to wait for the next one. Jamie and her guests and friends are inspiring with their journeys through life. I hope to attend a live show in the future least I hope you get to attend our live show as well. So if you go to iTunes and leave me a review, I'd be greatly thankful for that. Okay, here's my conversation with Lauren. Um, Lauren, I have been wanting to have you on since I saw you at IF like three years ago. Oh, thank you. And we actually met a long time ago.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: A long time ago when we were both like me or babies. Yes. Um. And I remember meeting you guys, but it was just kind of like it was very short. Is that right? Yes. I mean, yeah. I think were Aaron and it, Matt doing something together.
1: Yes. It was. I think in Magnolia. And At a D now, probably. Yes, and I think Aaron was. I think spur fifty eight yes, was that the name that of was. the band? And I think this was pre kids oh, for yeah. us. You uh-huh. know, Audrey, too, yeah. our oldest is thirteen, and it was before that. And so I think it was just like one. I don't know, one day event or something, but I remember loving, uh, you guys and especially just the conversation that we got to have. I think we were both newlyweds. So yeah, I mean, that's like probably forever. I mean, I would have 15 years.
0: I would have been a newlywed if not engaged. Yeah. This summer will be our 15 year anniversary.
1: So maybe so. Maybe that was it. That's
0: crazy. Speaking of anniversary, you told me how long you and Matt had been married.
1: Mm hmm. You were a baby when you got married. I was I was so young. We will be married um oh my gosh, 17 years? Oh my gosh, 17 years this summer. I was 19. You were 19 when we got married. Yes. I cannot How old was Matt? Oh, he's much older. Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, not. I mean, he is, but not that bad. Okay, but tell me, uh, how old was he? He's. Uh, he was twenty-five. He's about six years older. Okay, than I now am. I
0: need to know about this, Lauren, because mm-hmm. that means you were young dating an older guy. Oh yeah. And how it's, were your parents okay? How did this go down? Did y'all both love Jesus?
1: Like, what was that? Well, it it sounds more scandalous than it was. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he. I was at camp. I was a camper mm-hmm. at my youth camp, uh, the summer after my junior year of high school uh-huh. and he was the camp speaker, that is so <laughs> but my dad was there and my younger brother. And I mean, we just kind of, you know, of course we, I thought he was cute. For I sure, think I yeah. caught his eye, but I mean, he's like, it's a camper. I'm can't have an right. inappropriate relationship. Right. So he, he like took a different angle and started hanging out with my dad. And of course my dad loved him and my dad, you know, it was really weird for him in a good way, uh, because he saw Matt as someone that he respected and, and really the Lord used Matt that week in my dad's life. And wow. it was huge. And so, I mean, if you look at it, if there's anybody that As a father, you would want your daughter to kind of to marry, be someone that you respected and God used in your life. So anyway, so Matt kind of got to know my dad, my brother and me, of course, um, And my parents just like invited him kind of into our life. He was going to school in Abilene, but Mm -hmm. he was still going back home to Houston and he was traveling and speaking. And so my parents were like, hey, why don't you just, you know, stay with us, break up your trip from, you know, Houston to to Missouri or whatever, because we were in East Texas. And then, of course, he and I started talking. I was uh, working for my dad, who was a CPA at the time, and he was, uh, my dad was helping Matt with some tax stuff yeah. and so we just kind of got to know each other and but there was there was a seed of like attraction right. and also I would even say kind of this moment on the last night of camp where um, I felt like the Lord uh, I looked over at Matt across this you know fire yeah. of course it sounds very dreamy uh-huh. but uh, but it was like the Lord said that's your husband and oh my gosh, respons- I just got the chills. Yeah. I mean, it was crazy, but I, my first response was you're crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I shouldn't tell that to the Lord, but, but I thought do. there's so, no yeah. way. Yeah. Yes. And so, um, yeah. And, and he kind of had a, the same experience in that moment too. In fact, he called his little sister and said, I think I met my wife. Oh my and... gosh. Are you serious? <laughs> I am, but it was crazy because he's like, but she's a camper, so that's kind of weird. So, but it was all above board. My parents loved him, yeah. um, and and were excited for us. And so, you know, we dated my senior year of high school. Then we we're like, okay, um, you know, let's go go off to college, kind of have that experience of living in the same town. Of course, Mm -hmm. I ended up going where he was because I knew I was going to marry him. Where'd y'all go to college? Hardin Simmons. Hardin Simmons. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Little little Baptist school in Abilene, West Texas. Like I never understood why people from out of state asked me, oh, you're from Texas, like cactus and, and horses and all that stuff, which I understood horses, but like the whole plain, um, open plains and yeah. cactus and that kind of stuff I didn't get because in East Texas, you know, we have all these trees and kind of like gentle rolling terrain uh-huh. and like we I grew up in the piney woods. So I didn't know what they were talking about. And then I went out to school in West Texas and I knew exactly like, what I they see were talking it about. it now. Yes. It's yes. like
0: Texas is so big that we have all these different areas. Yes.
1: We do. All these like kind of ecosystems within the whole um, state. We are basically our own country. And we
0: we often like to remind people about that. We do. (laughs) We're so proud. Oh, Um, yeah. Okay. So then you, when, had you finished one or two years of college when you and Matt got married?
1: I finished one year, one freshman year, Mm -hmm. and then we got married that summer, and I, half of that year I, I lived in the dorm and half of that year I lived with some girls in an apartment. Mm-hmm. And I will say, you know, getting married while in college isn't for everyone, Yeah. but it, it was great for me because I just went home to my husband, my yeah. best friend, and did my homework at home with him, you know. So. So that is so funny. Aaron and
0: I were both in college when we got married, but mm-hmm. we weren't the same as you as in we were in like our sixth year of college. Like we just, It just yes. took us a while to get done. That's okay. We were both still in college, which I was like, this is great. Just go to class. We had classes together even. I mean, yes,
1: it was kind of funny, but we liked it. Okay. We had it. Matt and I had one class together. It was abnormal psych. And I was like, it's a Monday, Wednesday, Friday. I'll go Monday and take (laughs) notes. You go Wednesday and take notes and then we'll both go on Friday. Well, That did not work because I went, I got my notes, I gave them to him, you know, this is working out great. Uh He went on Wednesday, took notes, brought them home. And I was like, what is this? I don't understand (laughs) one word. This is not going to work because I'm like, I'm more, even though I'm kind of like the artist, I I definitely have, um, I like some structure and I did not understand how he was putting his together. And to this day, it's funny, he, I can take notes off of some of the other pastors that preach at our church, Uh but on that, I just I'll, I'll take these like nuggets, but I can't take notes like a lecture because that's not how he is, and that's how God has gifted him. That's why he's he's so great. But it's not here. Are the three points. Here right. are the sub points. Here that you yeah you just gotta throw that out the window and just take the nuggets and you know so so that did not last long and I made hilarious. a better grade than he did in that, that class. Is great. I'm just saying. <laughs> hey, Aaron
0: and I were a little competitive as well. We're just you know who's gonna do <gasps> oh, better in here. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Um, okay. So 19 married to a pastor. I mean, did you ever think that you would be a pastor's wife?
1: You know, um, I, I remember probably, gosh, when I was right before I met Matt, you know, I grew up, uh, in a Christian family, um, became a believer at a very young age. I was like nine. And I do think it was like, you know, some people kind of have the story of, I made this profession. I got baptized. But I don't think I really meant it. Right. I really think I meant it. And I think I understood as much as I could. Um, I had some rebellious years in there. And then right before I met Matt, the Lord just um, kind of like, it was kind of my real, my big rebellion, which was, I went to a party at a lake house and got caught. Mm-hmm. And that was, but it was enough like for me to st- to repent. You know, I, yeah. I don't think, I would just been a good girl. I was like, what do I have to repent of? Even though I had a, a lot to repent of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> now I know one, what you're saying. Right. Yeah. That was one thing I could, I could say, okay, I was being disobedient to my parents and disobedient to the Lord. And I wasn't, I didn't, I wasn't Um, like, I'm not okay. I'm not perfect. Yeah. I'm not the good girl. And I needed to be kind of knocked off that pedestal for my own, heart. Um, and so right before I met Matt, uh, the Lord just really started growing my heart towards him, like just stirring my heart towards him. I wanted to read the Bible. I wanted to pray because I'd kind of tasted his grace in a real way. And so, um, you know, right before I met him, the Lord had just done something to my heart. And so I thought, um, you know what? I just have this feeling like maybe I'll be a missionary's wife, or maybe I'm going to go out into the mission field or be in some kind of full-time ministry. I don't know what this looks like. And then I met Matt. And I think once I met Matt, I was like, you know what? I think maybe this is it, that I will partner in ministry mm-hmm. somehow with him. So, you know, I didn't always think I would. Yeah. Honestly, And Matt when I look back at my little, like, the handwriting I did in first grade where you like set goals when it was like third grade in five years this and ten years Uh this. And I remember like when I'm twenty nine, I will be it's i I'll be a famous actress married to a producer with um two kids. (laughs) Oh my gosh, that's so funny. So that's what I thought I was going to do. Um, but this is way I've, better. This is a much better plan. Much better. So um,
0: you and Matt, have you been at your church for how long?
1: Was we it- have been at the village for 13 and a half years. Okay.
0: That's a long time.
1: Yeah, It's a really long time.
0: And it so is. I'm like you kind of with, um, well, I don't, I never thought that I would be a pastor's wife. Um, I didn't really start following Jesus till I was around 21. And it just seemed really like not, like I wouldn't be the normal pastors. I uh-huh. didn't think I had enough to, to bring to the table to be married <laughs> yeah. to a pastor. You know what I mean? Like, I, know. I just felt like really underqualified, which mm-hmm. yes, I am. We all are right. Yeah. For whatever that means. But I just felt like this can't happen to me. Um, but I know that you have talked, um, pretty openly about your journey with Celebrate Recovery
1: yeah and
0: and okay so your book step best love which I will Mm -hmm. admit on air I'm only
1: 89 pages in that's okay and let me tell you this and I I read a review not too long ago it was such a good like gracious review but the first couple of chapters are hard to get through like in my own book (laughs) I will tell you they're hard to get through but it's like one of those like I'm laying the foundation Mm. for the rest of the book and the rest of the book is better. Okay. Well, I
0: think. I'm not only eight, I'm not eight pages in because I started seven weeks ago. I started yesterday, so I read a lot <laughs> yesterday. You know. Hey, that's okay. Um, I, it was literally one of those moments when I've ha- I've had your book on my shelf for I know months, and I'm like, before I talk to Lauren, I'm gonna read the entire thing, and then I sat down yesterday to look at my week, and I was like, oh, tomorrow we're talking tomorrow. I know. So I let me tell it. you, but I understand to say, you talk about, um, your journey with celebrate recovery. I would love for you just to talk with me about that. And for yeah. our listeners, because I feel like, um, you did a lot by saying, Hey, here I am. Like, I, I mean, I love when you talk about it the very first time as you're saying like, I am in a room with these people and I'm their pastor's wife. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, to me, I felt that because that's how I would feel too. As mm-hmm. if, I, if it were, yeah. So walk through yeah. that kind of season that you had.
1: Yeah. I mean, it kind of goes back to when I, I was talking about, you know, as a kid, just I was a good girl, you know, and I, I was going to make the right grades. I was going to obey my parents. I was going to just kind of not have anybody on my back and be able to please everyone and just really have it all together. Um, but, you know, that wasn't true in mm-hmm. my life. So, you know, there was just this schism of, of what I wanted to be true about me and then what was really true. And, and so finding a lot of my identity and being the good girl. And, um, and so, you know, so I marry a pastor and, you know, I, I felt like, you know, I could probably do the pastor's mm-hmm. wife thing, you know, I play the piano, I sing and I'm, I'm that's pretty... the perfect pastor's yeah. wife, first of all. <laughs> I'm pretty good with people. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I get into it and I realize, oh crap, like I've got, I've got issues mm. and, you and uh, a lot of it had to do with just uh, just people-pleasing, perfectionistic um, ideas mm-hmm. um, in my own heart. And, and I'll be honest, what really got me there was, um, you know, I'd always had these, I'll know I'm good enough if, and mm-hmm. so... I love, music's always been a part of my life. I can remember being a little girl and sitting in front of my grandparents' uh, piano and and looking at the sheet music, not really knowing what they meant, but knowing they went up and down and I could have someone play the piece for me and then I I would play it, you know, because I'd remember Mm -hmm. this is what it sounded like. And, And I was just, I would just sit there and spend like an hour, just unprompted. Uh, at the piano. And so music had always, always been a big part of my life. I enjoyed singing. I enjoyed, um, you know, the idea of performing. Yeah, <laughs> it was a little terrifying. To...
0: <laughs> and you also wanted to be a movie star, so. And, see, I did like the <laughs> idea of performing.
1: <laughs> and so, um, you know, and then I started singing at church and leading worship for the little youth band. And, and then in college, being a part of a, a Bible study uh, worship ministry. And and then I had good friends around me that were leading worship and getting to write their own music and perform and and super talented people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I kind of was like, okay, God, I I want to do this. I would struggle with not feeling good enough. That the reason I wasn't able to do to re- make my own recording or um, travel or whatever, you know, be asked to lead worship somewhere. It's because it just wasn't good enough. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, part of me would just kind of pick out different voices. I was like, you know what? I like her voice and I like her platform. Um, maybe if I just pattern myself after mm. her, I'll get what she has. And
0: Man, we and do so, that
1: all the time. Uh, we do all the time. Yeah. And it's so unoriginal. The Lord's right. like, "Are you kidding me?" <laughs> I've she's given like, "I worked you... really hard on you." <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I've already got her. I need yeah. you. And so, um, and so, I just always had these little ticks of like, I'll know I'm good enough if this mm. like tick marks, you know. Yeah. And one of them was if I could sing on a project with this person, I will know that I'm good enough. Mm. And so, just the Lord orchestrated some opportunities where I got to record with like my hero and I couldn't believe it. And I couldn't wait to hear, you know, Mm -hmm. the song. And, um, and then I would like, my heart would be at peace. I know I was good enough. Mm. And I got the recording back and I listened to it and I hated it. I hated my voice on it. I hated how it sounded. I loved her. She sounded amazing, Uh but I like, I just, I cried. I was Mm. so frustrated. And that's when I was like, something is wrong. Something's really wrong with me. It's um, almost like I likened it to maybe someone with an eating disorder that um, maybe what they look in the mirror and everyone else sees like thin or or Mm -hmm. their body looks just great and healthy and perfect or whatever. And then that person looks and just sees like fat. This distortion, or, that's not yes, right. The yeah. distortion, and that's what it, it felt like, and so I knew something was off, and and I was doing a Bible study, uh, Believing God, with a group of women. I had a friend that was leading it, and Beth was, I mean, that's just, that That was a turning point mm. in my life where I remember Beth saying on the video, um, I normally don't do this, but uh, kind of thing like on 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 a recording, this is normally just a live thing I like to do, but I kind of she kind of gave an altar call, like a a, a response time mm-hmm. for people even watching from home where, you know, maybe there's something in your life that the Lord's saying, um, you need to to move on. And so she's talking about the Israelites of uh, led by Joshua crossing um over crossing the Jordan over into the promised land, taking their rock and like being stuck maybe in that dry riverbed and kind of looking back at the wilderness and what they know, um, but also, you know, the slavery, mm. um, and then looking forward to the promised land, the promise, and and but it's also the unknown. It's a little scary. And she's saying some of you need to pick up that rock and you need to move on. Mm. And I just, my heart was just, beating. I was like, you knew. that was me. Yeah. Like, I want to move on. I don't know mm-hmm. how to move on. And so the woman that was leading the group, she just led, she just prayed over me a real, a real prophetic prayer where she talked about kind of this plucking up this weed in my heart and, um, that getting to the root of it. And so that week, Matt had kind of challenged everybody at the, at the church. I think we we were probably um, four year, three or four years in. Um, no, just maybe two or three mm-hmm. years into the, the village. He was like, um, "We've got this program called Celebrate Recovery, and it's not just for you know people with addiction, but it's for anyone." And I remember feeling prompted to go. I was like, "I want to go. I want to see, you know, what this is all about." So, after that Bible study and after my leader's prayer over me. Um, a couple of days later is celebrate recovery and it's a Thursday night in the sanctuary and the guy that's teaching, um, just read my mail. I mean, mm. just was so specific even to, to what my, um, mentor had prayed over. Yeah. And so I remember at the very end, they offer like a response time where you can go up and you can receive like this poker chip mm-hmm. and a blue poker chip is like the moment of surrender. It's like where there's something in your life that you want to bring to him and I remember I wanted to run up to the front, but I I couldn't. I was just paralyzed by fear. I was like, what are the people gonna think?
0: Mm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. what this is I'm yeah. a
1: pastor's wife. What are they gonna think that the pastor's wife has to get up and, yeah. and take a chip? And then they they moved on to like these other chips, like, you know, it's been a month, two months, six months, whatever. And they said, We're gonna offer the chip one more time the blue, chi- the blue surrender mm. chip one more time. And I remember just relief washing over me because I would just had regret every person that went up after that blue chip. I just regretted that, I didn't that go. you didn't go. Yeah. Yeah. And so finally I get up when they offer it. I mean, immediately I was like, okay, I'm not going to think I'm just going to go. And I get up there and they had a woman standing up there to, to receive any women that went up and she hugged me. And I just remember I could have melted. I could have, I started mm. to cry. I could have, ugly cried the whole way back to my seat. Uh, But instead I just, it was just a steady stream of tears, Mm -hmm. but just the relief I felt of finally admitting, I don't have it all together. Mm -hmm. I have, I have sin and I have just this burden in my heart that I can't shake on my own. No amount of Bible studies or praying or, you know, being at church every week that is not cutting it i need something else to just kind of get up in my business mm. and call me out on some things yeah and have the lord uh, just free me from mm. from these chains and i talk about in the book these false anchors where i'd kind of had this false anchor of identity of i'll know i'm good enough if mm. like this is how, what my identity will be rooted and anchored in yeah um and so just Finally, being able to see that I had these like, this an anch- this false anchor, these chains that were weighing me down. I like that a lot. I related to a lot that a lot when I was reading
0: that about, um, what we're like anchoring on, like this. I'll be good enough when this happens. And yeah. when I read it, I found myself saying, "Wow, I and I." I found myself not in those exact words because I didn't have those words, but I related to feeling that way about myself as well. Yeah. What did that, how long were you, how long was the program Celebrate Recovery and what did that do for you on the flip side?
1: Yeah. Um. So they have a steps, a steps program that we went through and um, we've since changed it at the village. It was we did celebrate recovery, but then we started kind of tweaking some things mm-hmm. and celebrate recovery was like, "Hey, that's not celebrate recovery anymore. that's something different, so you can't call it that right, and, which we totally respected um, and I love celebrate recovery, and I love what they're doing, so we kind of made it our own mm-hmm. and we <clears throat> now it's called recovering redemption. But it's like a twelve week process that you're meeting in these groups. Uh, like I met with like eight other women. I had someone else leading, which I loved. It was so good to just have my my toes stepped on, to yeah. not be the one in the room that people are looking to, mm. but to look to someone else. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, Celebrate Recovery had all these like chants that we would do together mm-hmm. that were so good for me because they were so uncomfortable. Mm. But I loved it. I loved. Being kind of just having my toes stepped on is the best way I can put it.
0: And the thing about like Celebrate Recovery, and I'm sure the recovery and redemption that you guys have, is that these types of organizations and places, they are set up to be safe. And so, absolutely, and so it's, you come in and you feel like it might be unsafe because they're asking you to be vulnerable, Mm -hmm. but they're set up to be a safe place. And I think that probably I'm hearing that you experienced that that first night. And then once you experience that, you kind of like, It's like you let out this breath of fresh air, like, okay, I can just be like Lauren and I don't have to be Matt's wife and I don't have to be the pastor's wife and I don't have to have all my stuff together because this is a safe place.
1: Yeah. And I mean, I, there are some things that I admitted in that little group of women that I was like, I mean, they're going to look at me like I grew a second head when (laughs) I say this out (laughs) loud. And you know what? I, I, I like confessed it in front of them Mm. and they moved on to the next person. No one gasped. Mm -hmm. No one like fell over backwards in their chair. So it was, I think that is, um, it, it is a safe place where Mm. you can just be honest. And that's what I think, you know, the enemy wants to do is he wants to isolate us and make us feel like, if you admit that like you're mm. people are going to look at you like you're crazy yep. when in reality people are going to be like I totally understand. I get. It.
0: <laughs> I know. I always call it like sin shock. Like I, I want to yeah. be a woman that does not have sin shock when someone yes. tells me something. Like I don't want to be shocked by your sin. Right. Um because I want to know that that we all sin and that yes. I don't want to be shocked by it because God's grace is bigger than what you're telling me. Like that's there's right. nothing that's too big for his grace. And so That's right. Um mm-hmm. I love that safe place that you got. Um, went through that. Hey guys, real quick before we get back to the my talk with Lauren. I want to I want to tell you about a great way to get all the stuff you need from Amazon. If you're like me, if I need something, I just go to Amazon. I've got Prime shipping, it's the easiest thing to get something to me. I'm constantly talking about books on the show that we love and you I'm sure you have a long list Next time you're looking for something on Amazon, go to Amazon this way. Go to jamieivy.com slash Amazon. It takes you directly to Amazon, but with every purchase, you actually help out the happy hour. So jamieivy.com slash Amazon. You should go get Lauren's book, "Steadfast Love. Okay, here's the rest of my conversation with Lauren. Okay, so um, so a lot of people may know this, but I'm guessing that a lot of people don't know what you and Matt went through in 2009. Right. Um, And that was when probably one of... A lot of listeners, maybe mine including, one of our top fears that we might um, go Mm -hmm. through is the thought of something happening to somebody we love, specifically our spouse or our kids. And for you, it was um, your husband, Matt, um, had just, y'all just went through the trenches and Matt is um, alive and well today, but what happened Mm -hmm. in November of 2009?
1: Yeah, Thanksgiving Day, you know, it was just kind of like any other Thanksgiving Day, I was getting ready um, to just take dishes over to my mom's house to have lunch that day. And, um, I hear just this commotion in the living room where Matt and our three kids who were six, um, four and six months at the time. And I, I'm like waiting to hear Matt say, it's okay. I got Mm -hmm. it. I'm cleaning it up, you know, Audrey, whatever. And I didn't hear anything. And so I was like, that's weird. So walk into the room and I I I can hear like the fireplace tools kind of um, hitting against each other. I'm like, mm-hmm. what is going on? And Matt is on the ground having a grand mall seizure. Mm. And um, grand Mall M-A-L, because when yeah. I was saying something and they said, a, what is a grand mal <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no, no, grand Mall. Um, and your so, kids are right. I did not. I've right. never
0: actually heard yeah. this story. I mean, I know exactly. I know what happened, yeah. but I've never heard you share it. So your kids were right there with him.
1: They were right there. They were watching like the Macy's Day Parade Mm -hmm. on TV. Mm -hmm. Uh, Our six-month-old, Matt had just put our Mm six-month-old daughter in the little Johnny Jump Up before. And he was walking back to his, like a chair to drink his coffee. And he he just passed out. Like he doesn't remember anything after Mm -hmm. that. And so Audrey was the only one that I think understood that something was wrong. Mm -hmm. Reed was like, oh. Dad's That's like weird. snoring weird, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yes, it really was. Yeah, and so, um, so I go in there. You know, I, I recognize he's having a seizure. I get Audrey to go get my phone. I mean, were you calm
0: like you're talking to me?
1: I probably was on the outside, but on the inside, I was, I was like freaking out. But, okay. I it's so interesting. I think, I think the Lord will just give you this peace mm-hmm. in the moment, it, because, um, probably about. Two to three years before that, Reed had had a seizure and I was home with him mm. and Matt just happened to be home. And I was freaking out when Reed had it, but Matt was the calm one in okay. charge. And so I think when you know you're the one in you're charge, one. like you can't, Audrey can't do anything. She's she six. can't. Yeah. So it just, something happens. I don't know if it's like in your nervous system that God just created or it to just go into work grace mode. Grace of God. Yes. Yeah. 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 And so I just was in work mode and I had like my lifeguard training from mm. college just kicked in when I was like, turn him on his side, yeah. you know, move things around him. Don't put anything in his mouth, you know, all that stuff. And so, um, so you called 911, could- huh? You called 911. I called 911 and, um, they were there immediately. Cause we were basically right next door to the fire station Thank and goodness, he's yeah. finally stopped seizing when they get there. And he's just like, snoring like just really breathing loudly and they say that when you have a grand mal seizure it's almost if your body has run a marathon and so mm. your your body has gone through a lot and that he kind of he starts opening his eyes but you can tell there's like no recognition almost uh, not even like a newborn baby because he was like looking through you he wasn't looking at me mm-hmm. and um So they load him up on the gurney. My parents, um, I'd called my parents. They got there around the same time. They live really close, and they took the kids. And I got in the ambulance with Matt, and um, they took him to just the local hospital. And when they're unloading him uh, in the like emergency bay, uh, he finally looks at me. It's like, "Hey, babe, what what happened?" You know. And so, which I'm so grateful because I thought. When I was sitting in the front seat of that ambulance and they were trying to get him strapped down at our house, I remember thinking, oh, my gosh, is this the rest of my life? Mm Will I have a husband who's brain dead, you know, who is really just a shadow of who he was Mm -hmm. that I'll take care of like a a child for the rest of his life, my life, you know, Mm -hmm. because that's a that's a very real reality for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, I just remember praying, God. I know that you, you'll, you'll sustain me no matter what you bring. Mm -hmm. I mean, you will sustain me. And so, you know, so the relief that just washed over me when he recognized me was indescribable. And so, uh, they run some tests and they discover that he has a mass in his right frontal lobe and that he needs to see a neurosurgeon immediately. Is this and the so, same
0: Thanksgiving day? These tests this and discovered Thursday. all of, yes. they they tell you this within the same day of the seizure?
1: Yes. Okay. So seizure happened at like nine o'clock in the morning. This is probably 11 o'clock. And, um, you know, we were at the hospital probably from 11 to maybe three
0: Yeah.
1: or four. And then, um, they discharged him home and bless his heart. He had bitten, almost bitten through his tongue. So uh. I mean, it was swollen. I mean, his, he had a big, like uh, knot on the side of his head where, where he'd he fell, fallen and yeah. hit in the fireplace. And, Ugh. um, so he felt terrible. Mm-hmm. And so my sweet mom, you know, they, she cooked and prepared everything. So <laughs> were she saved yeah, <laughs> she saved us a couple of, of plates and we ate it. And, but it, you know, just, it wasn't the same. And, so
0: you go, you yeah. leave the hospital though, with that news.
1: Yeah. There's, with there's a
0: mass. mass
1: and you know, nothing else. That's it. I okay. mean, I think for Matt, he was like, you know, this could just be a tumor that they just, I've always had for the rest of my life mm-hmm. and you know, that I've always had and I'll have, and they'll just watch it, you know, that happens. And I just had this feeling of it needs to come out, whatever it is, it needs to come out. Mm-hmm. And I can't tell you why I felt that. I just, that it was just I felt that. Mm-hmm. So we wait the whole weekend because the neurosurgeon we call that we re, that was recommended that I love. He's a godly man. Mm. He's very talented, well respected in his field. Um, he was on vacation with his family. Mm-hmm. wasn't gonna get back in the office till Tuesday, and so um, we waited from Thursday to Tuesday mm. to um to see the doctor and. We saw him Tuesday, I don't remember what time of the day it was, and he pulls up the film from the emergency room and he said, this looks serious, and I have gone ahead and made room in my schedule on Friday to operate. So, you know, Matt's going and thinking, this, this is something is we're probably just going right. to watch. And so he's just like shocked. He just doesn't. So he was completely unprepared for the yeah. possibility of surgery. Totally. I mean, he thought, okay, this will be just something that we watch. And, um, and so, you know, so he just kind of, that's when I think that hit him the hardest mm. was, oh my gosh, I'm going to have to go under the knife. I on don't know brain. what brain. Yeah. On your brain. Right. Um, And what he does for a living is, you know, have to be sharp minded, studying the scriptures, Uh knowing a lot of information, being able to disseminate that information in a way that people understand and connect Mm -hmm. with. And it's like, what, I mean, am I even going to be able to talk, you know, when I come out or am I going to even make it through the surgery? Mm -hmm. And so his main concern was that, um, the kids that, you know, whether he came out of it like himself or not, he was like, "I don't want the kids to hate God mm. for for this. I don't, I don't want them to hate the God that I so love and trust, that I know will be good no matter what mm. happens. Mm-hmm. I want them to know that He is still good." Mm. And so, that's what brought him to tears more than anything. Mm. Um, and you know, for me, I don't know if it was that same kind of whatever came over me. <laughs> Um, when he had the seizure mm-hmm. where it was just like this, we're getting it done. Mm-hmm. We're just we're we're just gonna cross that bridge when we come to it. That I mean, I was definitely faced with what the what ifs. Yeah. Um, but for whatever reason, I call it just the peace of God. I was just like, one step at a time, the the Lord is gonna sustain us, mm-hmm. you know, we're gonna make it. We're yeah. gonna make it. Now, it wasn't my brain that was being you know, <laughs> but still, on. it was but, affecting your whole family. I mean, it was a yes, big deal. Yeah, a huge deal. And and I tell everyone, I was like, "We're in trouble." Matt is a much better mom than I am. Like he can <laughs> do it. I struggle. I was like. Overwhelmed by the fact, especially um, he and my our older daughter just have a sweet relationship, Mm -hmm. and as she's gotten older, like that's it's changed a little bit, and she and I are closer in some ways we weren't before, and I she's so much fun, I love her, but she just Matt just gets her in Mm -hmm. a way that I'm starting to get her, yeah, and I remember being oh my gosh, like Audrey, she (laughs) She, needs him, she needs him, I need him, Uh you know, Matt uh, Reed needs him, yeah. But, um, so yeah, so we ended up going in Thursday, having an eight hour, oh, eight hour craniotomy mm. in addition to all this. So that's just like our family, the church, you know, we had, we had gone from, it was like 120 people to like thousands mm-hmm, at this point. Mm-hmm. And we had another campus in Denton, um, just kind of a few miles up the road and we were still meeting in our original building. At one time, we had done six services. I think at this point, maybe we we were doing um, four or five mm-hmm. services. I mean, Matt was tired. And yeah. we were doing video stuff, so that helped. But that weekend, bef- uh, after Thanksgiving, was going to be kind of the soft launch for the new campus. We had mm-hmm. just bought an old Albertsons grocery store, retrofitted it. This was going to be our first, like run through to see how this is how childcare is going to work. This is how the sound's going to work. And we weren't there. Mm -hmm. We weren't there for that first meeting or the next meeting in, in the brand new building. Mm. And so I don't think that that is a coincidence. Mm. I think it was the Lord saying, here's the deal. The village church is my church. I have it. Mm -hmm. And so yes, that I, you know, I'm using him, and mm-hmm. he is, he is a gift to that body, and that body is a gift to him. But um, I'm the one that will sustain mm. this church, not Matt Chandler. That's so good. And so, um, anyway, so you know, we missed, we missed the first couple of months of, of of services in that building. And I think we also had another campus open too. So anyway, um, but I just think it was interesting. The Lord saying, you know, what? I I got this. I got it. Mm
0: -hmm. So Matt goes in for this eight hour surgery. Did you and him have any kind of like, um, pretty blunt conversations about what could happen?
1: Yeah. I mean, we were kind of in like, um, um, like pre-op room together where it's just kind of like these curtains around us. And we just talked and prayed. And um, I mean, more than anything, we just asked the Lord together, would you just spare Matt's life? Would you spare him, spare his mind, mm-hmm. spare his like faculties and um, preserve his life? Yeah. And, and so, you know, we we had a girl living with this providentially, um, who was helping with the kids, and um, I don't, I mean we we prayed about it and we asked the Lord just to, to preserve his life, but um, we didn't have any like plan. Mm-hmm. Now the church had a plan because they kind of had to, yeah. and and we knew we're just gonna take it one day at a time, and and I don't know, I just I, I knew like it was just this piece of. Mm. Lord, you're going to take care of us somehow, some way. Mm-hmm. And that's also just having the body of yeah, believers, yeah. just having the church to know that I wasn't alone, mm-hmm. that I had the elders of our church, these lead pa- other lead pastors, these families, these friends mm-hmm. that I wasn't, and my biological family mm-hmm. and Matt's family, that didn't feel so alone if something were to happen yeah. mm-hmm. to Matt. Yeah. So I think that helped kind of spread the burden um to where I didn't feel so alone. That's in great. It. So yeah. Matt, Matt goes through the surgery and
0: just tell us like, what was the diagnosis after that?
1: Yeah, he was diagnosed. So what's interesting is they gave me the diagnosis before they gave it to him. Oh, and did you so, write
0: this or did I hear you say this? I did.
1: I did. I think I did write about this. Okay, where I knew for about a week. Which my- is crazy. <laughs> it is crazy. I do
0: not understand. Like you, he was in your house sleeping in your bed, like and you. Didn't well, tell no, him-
1: he was still. He was like in rehab, so okay. But I mean, I was facing him, and there was like one time, Lauren. I don't understand. <laughs> I'm just like I don't. It would that would have been so hard. It was a spe- and I'll tell you where it was hard and where it really stretched me was that people pleaser in me? Like mm. I, I, you know, I wanted to tell his parents, but I didn't want to tell his parents, you know, like I just felt like one, the, the, the doctor was like, this is something, you know, we, I want to tell you so we can start making decisions on like neuro-oncologists and all that. But, um, Matt needs to focus on getting better. Well, I didn't want to put that on his family and have Mm -hmm. his family have to act okay around Mm -hmm. him. And just out of respect for him, I didn't want everybody to know but him. Yeah. You know? So who knew? I I knew, and then one other lead pastor knew, and that was it. And he knew just so he could make arrangements at the church. For sure. But that was it, just the two of us. And we didn't tell anyone else. And
0: so when Matt wakes up, I mean— Mm-hmm. Did he ever ask?
1: That's what's weird is he didn't really ask.
0: Is it he because really he ask. was like, like, incoherent well, or it's just, he never asked.
1: No, you know, we kept telling, the doctor kept telling him, you know, well, we don't have the, cause we didn't have the pathology for, for four or five days after. Okay. But they just yeah. knew
0: that it wasn't good.
1: Yes. Okay. So they knew. And so, um, but it was a grade three in a plastic oligodendroglioma. That's a lot. And Yep. It's a mouthful. And, and it is, it, it was cancerous. I mean, it was malign. Uh, yeah. malign. And Malig- so yeah. malignant, malignant. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> just, you'd think I'd know. Sorry. <laughs> right. uh, it was malignant. And so, um, yeah. So I asked the doctor, I said, what, what's like the, prognosis, what's the life expectancy for someone with this? And he said two to three years. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that that was the time when I felt all alone. Yeah. You know, that was when I walk out of that meeting knowing I wasn't gonna tell anybody mm-hmm. and seeing like my parents, Matt's parents, our friends, couples mm-hmm. together, and being jealous, mm-hmm. like of, you know, we don't know when the Lord might take one of our spouses or or what might happen but i felt like i kind of got like um a timer yeah on, for real yeah on our relationship and mm-hmm. so getting to see these couples and being jealous and being angry like well why do i have like yeah. a, an expiration date mm-hmm. you know on on my on my marriage on with the man that i love with my best friend and so that was that was the hard that yeah. was the hardest part. So when you um, told Matt,
0: how was how mm-hmm. was his reaction to that?
1: It was interesting. Uh, so I didn't tell him. Okay. I the doctor did. The doctor mm-hmm. told him, and his, but the way that the doctor told us, the way he told Matt was a little different. I think he was a little more optimistic with Matt. Okay. Um, and I think just so Matt would just fight, but yeah. He, he didn't realize Matt would fight no matter what. Uh-huh. That's just his personality. Uh-huh. And so I remember, I remember just trying to like get the doctor to, to, to like, convince Matt of the gravity of this situation because I felt like Matt didn't. His response was so good that I was like, "Does he understand?" Wait, time out. You he hear means? the same thing I've been thinking yeah. about for a whole week. Exactly. And so, and so the doctor kind of did. He was kind of like, "Look." you know, you could, you could, you could go on and this, this doesn't come back or, you know, you know, the Lord could smile on us and, and you're healed or you could drive home to, you know, tomorrow from work and get hit by a car. And, you know, so I'm like, okay, that's not, that's not what I wanted him to hear. (laughs) But, but, it didn't matter because honestly, here we are, um, almost seven years mm. and he, he's gone back for scans. It was like every three months, then every four months, now it's every six months and he has been cancer free ever since the first scan. I mean, Crazy. after that post operative scan, mm-hmm. he's had no evidence of a tumor, that is which unbelievable. it's, it's miraculous. And yeah. it's, you know, he has friends that were diagnosed with a brain tumor around the same time guys that he kind of met through, through the this. whole process. Uh-huh. Um, and there are only like a couple left. And mm. and so we realize that the Lord has been gracious to us and we are grateful for every, you know, six months that we get the good news, yeah. you know? So, so how
0: has this, um, how has this changed your view on God?
1: You know, um, I don't know if it <clears throat> really changed my view on God mm-hmm. more than it just showed me that I really do believe that He's good no matter what. Mm. And so I think what it did is it it brought um, weight to my faith mm-hmm. where, you know, you can always hope. Yeah. You can always hope that when it's your day mm-hmm. and you get the news that you will Yeah. Oh, here's the deal. Did I have hard times? Did I get angry at Mm -hmm. God? You know? Yeah, sure. (laughs) I had those moments. But for the most part, I found him to be faithful. Mm. I found his word to be true. And I found, I will say that I feel like it deepened my understanding of scripture, Mm. where all these places that I felt like were contradictions in his word, I saw where they started to come together. Yeah. And I I could see um, how you can have two contradictions be simultaneous, like um, where you can have this deep joy and sorrow Mm, at the the same same time time. Mm -hmm. and where you can be caught in this. So I recorded an album in 2012 called The Narrow Place and kind of just that, that Mm. narrow space between where we are right now, where it's the already, but not yet. So Mm already we are experiencing the graces of, of of what jesus has done what he his life his his death his resurrection like we we've got tastes of it but we don't have the fullness yet we're in this kind mm. of in between where we're hopeful but we still experience pain it's that you right. know um, you know we're perplexed but not crushed mm-hmm. persecuted but not abandoned so what that did is that i i knew it i lived that part And I I understood that. And so getting to go back through scripture and see that there are these tensions in scripture that I want a hard line on Mm. that's not there. Right. And so and no and there's all kinds of examples of that. But I think that's how it might have shaped me was just being able to accept the tension and and trust the Lord with some of that mystery. That's awesome. And and I love earlier when you talked about when you
0: got into the ambulance and you literally were just like praying to God, God, will you just sustain me through whatever is in front yeah. of me? And it makes me think I was just um, talking to a group of women recently on just like building your house on the rock and, mm-hmm. and what does that look like? And just actually to like believe in God's promises. And one of the promises that you were proclaiming right then is like, God, you, you're the sustainer. Yeah. Um, and so just like that storm was rolling in on you and your family and yeah. you had truths to stand on that we're going to get you through no matter what, whether Matt didn't make it through that surgery or, you know, seven years later, that truth has not changed
1: right, at all. Uh, absolutely uh,
0: thanks for sharing that. I've never heard the story from either you or Matt I've just read about it so yeah well good I'm glad uh, I got to tell it love it love it um okay I think that we could chat for 17 more hours because I have <laughs> I four so. more things on my list that I want to talk to you about but that means we'll have to meet again that um, sounds great but I want to get to the part where I ask my guests what they are loving and what they're reading so mm-hmm. where would you like to start three things you're loving or what you're reading
1: Is that the three favorite things? Yeah. Uh huh.
0: Yeah. What are three things? Three of your favorite things right now. It can be three things
1: I'm loving. Okay. Um, one thing that I'm loving right now, I don't know if I'm saying this right. Zum, Z U M. Have you ever seen that? It's like so. No, I have no idea. Okay. So, uh, Market Street here has it. Uh I've seen it at Whole Foods. It's like these, uh, Central Market has it. It's like these blocks of, um, of soap and it's called Zums, U-M. Anyway, so it's like essential oil kind of stuff, uh-huh. but they also have this laundry detergent and, or they do not want you to call it detergent. Oh, wow. They why? have like a whole paragraph on the back how it's not detergent. Well, because detergent's like chemically and gross. Oh, but so what do you call soap. it? Laundry soap. Got it. Soap. Got it. And then, and then they have like these candles and, um, lotion and all that. But it's not just the brand; it's this one scent that I cannot get enough of, and it's frankincense and myrrh. Ooh. And it it smells so good; like my whole house smells like it. We we um I'm always burning a candle. I have like the hand lotion everywhere, um, and all of our clothes smell of, like of frankincense and myrrh. I love it. And I feel like it's like really super Christian it's because like it's Jesus' Franken- birthday. <laughs> it's like his birthday gifts. Yes. <laughs> yes, and gold. I love yeah. gold, so we I'm
0: covered. Okay, so this leads That's me one. to ask you: Are you guys um, pretty? Maybe even more since Matt's diagnosis. Are y'all pretty like conscious about what you
1: eat and what you put on your bodies and all that kind of stuff? Uh, more so, what we eat. Uh huh. Because my second favorite thing that I was going to share. Ooh, is- yeah. I was kind of, I was like, I don't know if I should share it because I feel like your other guests have all these like natural products to put
0: on their bodies. Well, you and just I'm pre- started with the natural product. So we'll give you that. I did.
1: See balance balance. Yes. Yes. But, um, I, so the second thing it's called like Jenny magic bath cream. Ooh. I think that's what it's called. D J I N N Y, And it's like basically aloe vera And petroleum jelly Uh (laughs) it smells really good. (laughs) So it's bath. It's for the bath. It's the bath. So Mm -hmm. it's like comes in this little tub that looks so ghetto. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Mm -hmm. But it smells amazing. And so I'm really into smells, as you can tell. I can tell, yes. It's lovely. And so the trick is while you're still kind of like you get out of the shower, well, you're still in the shower maybe. Mm -hmm. And you just kind of like scrape off the excess water. Yeah. And then you get this jelly, Uh that's the magic bath cream and you rub it all over your body and you just kind of let it dry, air dry Uh if you can and it makes your skin so so soft soft, and you smell so good and then your sheets smell like it I love that stuff but it's like the opposite of like natural (laughs) (laughs)
0: so So balance, balance, I love it what's the third one you're loving
1: and then the third thing oh, I wanted to plug these guys because I love what they're doing and I love their watches, but it's called You Would Y O U. Do you? Yeah, I love You Would, and so in fact, I've got my red. I mine's red too. Oh, it's my favorite. I let the zebra wood. So how do you know I these think? guys? Um. So, um, Brent Hammett uh-huh. played drums for me <gasps> at the If Local Leader Gathering in. Um, Orlando last fall. Uh Yeah. And so I got to know him and actually his wife who, who started kind of this, um, I think it's called purchase. Oh, or that might be the Fort Worth one, but in Shreveport, just this, um, they just started loving on the people in Shreveport, like the kind of the down and out and, Mm -hmm. and, um, women that are being, uh, rescued from just sexual exploitation. And, um, and so, um, I kind of, so his wife is, that's her heart. She's poured her life into it. He's come alongside her. They've got the, you would, that supports, um, supports these, their friends and, and these people going through the programs. And then, um, she actually mentored a girl that I mentored a long time ago, who was doing the same thing in Fort Worth. Um, and that's called The Net. And her name's Melissa Ice. Her husband plays for Green River Ordnance. Okay. Jamie Ice. I don't know if you know I don't. them. Love them. That's another thing I love. I'm going to throw in a, a fourth thing. Sorry. Do they own
0: a restaurant? Uh,
1: Brood. Yeah. Yes.
0: Aaron's been there. I think Aaron knows him.
1: Yes. I bet he does. Okay. Yeah. I bet he does. Yes. And so, um, anyway, but Green River Ordnance, they're great too. Yes. So you would, and Green River Ordnance. So anyway, okay. um, that's how I got to know Brent and you would.
0: I love all those things. Mm-hmm. Brent actually so. played for Aaron a long time ago in Spring really? Eight Days. Yeah. He like filled in for a drummer twice or something. And yes. so we caught back up with him
1: at IF this past year. Oh yes. yeah. yeah. Oh and yeah. And he was I there. I didn't, watch. Yep. I didn't even get to see him when yeah. I was there, but yeah. it's always crazy. So yeah.
0: awesome. Awesome. Um, okay. I love those. What are you reading?
1: I am – so it's interesting that you're like, I started your book yesterday or whatever (laughs) because that's how I would be. I'm so – Procrastinator, last minute, and you know I have all these grand plans to read all these fabulous books because and we know amazing
0: authors. Yes, I have. I mean, I have my my yes. stack is mine too, and I want to read them all because I love yes. the women. Yes,
1: I, I wish I could just take it up to my head and yep. like put it on my head. Me too. Like and like
0: it. I'm so proud of them, and I want to yes. support all of the things. Yes, I know
1: all the things. Um, but I've I'm I've started a book called um, Sensing Jesus by Zach Mm Eswine. And it's just really good. It's just kind of, especially for those who are in ministry, doing ministry, just to breathe out and say, guess what? You're not Jesus Mm -hmm. and you're not called to be him. Yes, are we being made into his image? Yes, Mm -hmm. but um, we're also human. And Mm -hmm. so he tells a story in the book where he opens up this lecture that he's giving to these, like, hope young, you know, seminary students, where he says, Jonathan Edwards, the great theologian, farted. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought that was so great. It's like, Jonathan Edwards, who did these amazing things, right. who God used, was also human. And so that's what's so uh, comforting just to to remember that there are going to be some spaces as ministers of the gospel that we that God has got to just step in and do. Yeah. And, and we can pray, and we can ask Him to move, and we can be obedient and be His hands and feet, but at some point, we're not the hero, we're not the point, Jesus is. Mm. And so that's good for us, especially Matt and me, because we are fixers. We want to be able to mm-hmm. rescue and fix everybody, and we just can't. So take care of it all. Yeah, we do. And then the second one I just started like this morning is, um, you are what you love by James K.A. Smith. And he's, um, apparently a very brilliant man, um, that wrote another book that's more like the theologians version of Uh this book, but, uh um, this is kind of more of a, a layperson's. uh, copy. And, okay. uh, it's really interesting. He's, you know, he's saying kind of in our, in our world, we talk about just that Descartes, um, you are, uh, I think therefore I am. And mm-hmm. he's saying, actually, that's not how God made us. We mm. are what we love. Like it's our, it's our wants and our loves that, that move and move us and, mm. and motivate us where, you know, And that's true. Like, how many times have you like memorized scripture, or you know, been reading these books and wanting to implement it as a parent? And you're like, I have all this knowledge, but like, I fail like the first time I try to implement it. Yeah. You know? Yes. So, um, so that those that's what I'm reading right now.
0: Those sound like two very interesting books. And Mm -hmm. do you read any fiction?
1: I do. Actually, because I always like to hear people
0: if they read more fiction or nonfiction.
1: You know what? I can read fiction. A whole lot faster than yeah, I can use, I'm the same read way. nonfiction. Me too. And um, I, one of my favorites was, um, is the Glass Castle. Mm, love it. And then uh, what's the one that's like? It's she wrote it after it, but it's it precedes it, like timeline wise. I, don't I can't know. think of it. I think I don't know. But there's I love her writing. Something like the uh, oh. Half Broke Horses or Half Bro. Oh, yeah. I haven't read it, but you're right. You're on the oh, right track. Yeah. It's so good. I love that one, too. Okay. So, um, anyway, I do. I just tend to read those um, on vacation because I'm I will complete, yeah. I'll completely neglect my family and my house <laughs> exactly. if I don't. Exactly. I say I read the most on vacation because, like, in a
0: car or on an airplane yes. or by the pool, that's my favorite. Um. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, just... awesome. Yeah. I love everything that you're doing and reading and Lauren, it was such a joy to chat with you today. I love thank your heart you. um, about just like surrendering things, walking through that struggle that you and Matt went through. Um, I loved hearing that you and Matt met at a camp. That's like my <laughs> favorite. Um, Yay. But I know. So I just, I'm a big fan of you Chandlers and what you guys are doing. So thanks for coming on the happy hour.
1: Well, thank you. The Chandlers love the Ivies too. Aw. Okay. <laughs> thanks, Lauren. Thanks, Jamie. Friends, wasn't
0: that a fabulous conversation with Lauren? I just love her so much. I love her story about her and Matt meeting at camp. I cracked up. How she took a chance with Celebrate Recovery and how God used it to shape her into the woman that she is today. Plus all the ways that God worked through Matt's seizure and cancer diagnosis. She has such great wisdom within every conversation that we had. I want you to know anything we chatted about that you'd like to look up or know more information about. It's going to be on my website, jamieivy.com. I'd love to hear from you. Find me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Share with me something you love from this episode. Today's show is edited by Knox McCoy, and the music is from Jason Poe. Next week on The Happy Hour, my guest is Meg Dirksen. And this Friday on The Happy Half Hour, Gloria Furman joins me again. Guys, I'll see you next week. Have a great week. Find some time to hang out with your girlfriends and have a happy hour. See you guys.